Welcome back to episode two of season four of the Fort Men podcast. We are going to be diving into the second um, segment of the first chapter of James uh, verses 19 through 27. I'm here joined again by my buddy Parker, Luke and Reeves. Um, if you did not tune in last week, Parker uh, is married to Freddie. They're about to have their first daughter. Parker works for Buck Commander, uh, manages Buck Commander, if, if I should say the word properly. And Freddie's a counselor for LO. Luke, who owns a dope drone business and is married to uh, Elise, who does a bunch of stuff with LO too. And they have two girls. And then Reeves, uh, on my far corner, is um, married to Lydia and Reeves, leads worship for LO and is basically LO's main worship songwriter. And Jacob chose to go duck hunting again this morning, which is whatever. Uh, (laughs) The season will end eventually for him. And uh, Bryant had to work again as well. So thank you for tuning in. And we're going to dive right into James chapter one, verse 19 through 27. James one verses 19 through 27. Know this, my beloved brothers, let every person be quick to hear, slow to speak, slow to anger for the anger of man does not produce the righteousness of God. Therefore put away all filthiness and rampant wickedness and receive with meekness the implanted word, which is able to save your souls. But be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man who looks intently at his natural face into a mirror. For he looks at himself and goes away and at once forgets what he looks like. But the man who looks into the perfect law, the law of liberty, and perseveres, being no hearer who forgets but a doer who acts, he will be blessed in his doing." If anyone thinks he is religious and does not bridle his tongue, but deceives his heart, this person's religion is worthless. Religion that is pure and undefiled before God, the Father, is this, to visit orphans and widows in their affliction and to keep oneself unstained from the world. Sheesh. Come on. Coming in with the heavy hitters again. Sheesh, sheesh, sheesh. That's why I said James is just my favorite, especially, I I, I think as dudes, like, there's just something about just feeling just gut punched. And, you know, obviously there are some Sundays where I like to be encouraged and I like reading some texts where it's like, you know, yeah. we triumph and it's great. And, but I also love a little, I love a little dicey gut punch here and there. You know what I'm saying? It hurts in the moment, but feels good later. That's right. Well, especially cause it's like, these are all things that everyone like, especially as guys, like if you're a guy and you don't struggle with anger and you don't struggle with being slow to speak in an argument, like then I feel like you're, you know. A unicorn. Yeah. Well, I feel like you're lying. Yeah, I feel you're definitely lying. You're not being truthful. <laughs> That's right. But James is just, it's like, that's, that's what I'm saying. Every verse to me is just like, it's just so strong. It's like, mm-hmm. you know, and obviously, I feel like this, I feel like, you know, last week we talked about, um, you know, verse two, where it's like, considered all joy. Like it's, people say that. And I feel this one too, it's like, you know, be quick to hear, slow to speak, slow to anger. That's like every counseling session, like, you know, every, you know, conversation. It's like, okay, well, you need to be quick to hear, slow to speak, slow to anger. And it's like easy to say that, but it's a lot harder when you're, you know, actually in an argument or like in the heat of the moment. Um, And it says, for the anger of man does not produce the righteousness of God. And, you know, there's a difference between like, I think that's, I think sometimes it it can be easy for us to justify like anger versus like righteous anger, you know, because like Jesus did things like, you know, flipping the money in the temple, like like there are things he did, but it was never, you know, it's different than like our 
yeah. sinful anger that we have. Yeah. It was a controlled anger that he had, right? That didn't cause him to sin. But I think like James is building building off of what we just what we talked about last week is like man, he talks about the sufferings and what that builds with perseverance, right? And steadfastness. But so with that, I live in this lifestyle of, you know, if we're going to say that we're going to follow Jesus and we're going to say it and we're going to tell people, but are we actually going to live that life out? Right. And yeah. I think that's where he's going into here because it's, you always hear the saying, you know, you can walk the walk, but can you talk to, or can you talk to talk? Can you walk the walk? Mm-hmm. That whole deal. Right. Like it's, mm-hmm. it's easy for us to sit around this table and say all these things. Right. And right. But like when we walk through that door, what do we do whenever we get to a red light or what do we do when we get home with our family? What do we do when the house is a mess? Like how do we respond? Right. Yeah. Like, because instantly if I show up at, at the house and like there's the house is a mess, like I instantly like want to become angry. I'm like, mm-hmm. you know, if you've been at work all day and you're like, man, like you ex- you have expectations. Right. right? Yeah. I think that's what I, um, I struggle is like I have these expectations for things to be done. And if they're not, then controlling that anger is a lot harder. Right. And so I think that's where I'll get into sin is because that anger leads into saying, you know, mm-hmm. saying something that I shouldn't say mm-hmm. or acting on something that I shouldn't act on, right? Yeah. So uh, I like how James built this up because he built a platform, and now it's going into – we talk about we all have a platform, but it's like, all right, when we get to that platform, how mm-hmm. do we live that platform out, right? So I think, too, I read that, and I, I like, I think of – I don't really know why I think of this, but I just think about, like, whispering. You know, it's like let everyone, every person be quick to hear, slow to speak, slow to anger. It's like for me to – think about being like slow to speak and like slow to anger i just think about like like whispering anger i don't know if that makes sense if like if i'm in an argument it's like i don't want to like raise my voice i'm just gonna like whisper mm-hmm. i'm gonna like not try to talk as loud yeah but it's still underlined with like rage yeah behind it right you know yeah, just because you're talking quiet like just because i'm talking mean, quiet like the heart mean, is still super wicked it doesn't mean that i'm not mad about the situation reese what do you think i think it's all good stuff i think Slow to speak always stands out to me because I think about like, I think that applies to a lot of us situations, like, especially as Christians, you know, I think you can find yourself in conversations with, you know, maybe somebody you're sharing the gospel with or um, even somebody that's Christian that maybe is just struggling with something and maybe you're in an argument. It's just like, there's so many things that being slow to speak, I feel like. I found to be a really good attribute because it just shows wisdom in a way mm-hmm. that like you don't just spout off the first thought that's like not gathered like allow yourself a moment to just like gather the important parts of what you want to try to say it's really just a really good tactic in communication right. in general um and i think that <laughs> just right up the same alley i've just been trying to apply that in my marriage you know there's a lot of moments i think i think you were hitting on this luke it's like i want to say Something that I've obviously built an expectation in my head, like you should have done this, like while I've been working or something, just anything. Yeah, and you have to just be really slow to to let that out. It's just like just allow yourself a moment to. Am I wanting to say this because it's going to feel good to say it, or is it actually seeking to understand my wife and her day and how Mm -hmm. her day has been? Mm -hmm. You know. Despite what my expectation was. Yeah. Well, even outside of marriage, it's like even like friendships, you know, like yeah. there are things that we all do that I'm sure, you know, can tick each other off at times. 
um, you know, just like Jacob duck hunting right now, that not that it's a big deal. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just gonna keep throwing them under the bus for it. But it did, but but it but it did bother me. But I also need to be to where it's like, you know, like there there's there's ways that you handle things to where it's like, you know, like like I feel like there's because I feel like oftentimes when I think of anger, it's like and whether it's from like movies or whatever, it's like I just think of like flying off the handle, you know, like. Mm-hmm. I just picture like a hole in the sheetrock, like losing it. Like just like I just yeah. picture like throwing this chair just clear across the room, you know. But like, but there could be like, you know. And some people when they're angry, they just like shut down. Like some people are more, you know, like loud and violent about it. Yeah. Some people are like just completely shut down and sitting in it. But it's still, but it's still like just anger. And I love how it says like he he. You know, it says that 19 and then 20 says like, for the anger of man does not produce the righteousness of God. Um, he says, therefore, put away all filthiness and rampant wickedness and receive with meekness the implanted word, which means the gospel, which means the Bible, um, which is able to save your souls. I think it's such an interesting, like he, he starts with there, then he ends with talking about the, the Bible and how this book is able to save your souls. Yeah. And humbly accepting it too. I feel like the key to those being quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to become angry, obviously is humility. Yeah. When you're being very self-centered, you're not going to be quick to listen. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Slow to speak or slow to become angry. I think it's just a good litmus test of where we're at and that is how we respond and is going to dictate are we really being selfish or are we being others focused like we're supposed to be. So I think being able to humbly accept the word is such a key to living that first part out too. Yeah. Yeah. The, one of the, there, there are a few things that are more difficult than being slow to speak in yeah. an argument. Like in, in whether it's marriage or yeah. relational or. You just want to get out your point. Yeah, you want to say what like you want to say. With a parent, with a brother, like mm-hmm. with, with anybody. Like if chance, like I, I, I was saying, I really only think about this verse in context of like my marriage. Yeah. Like really. You know, like I don't think about like like if my mom calls and if like I don't think about this with her or like my dad or with y'all or like I really just view it in the context of marriage, which is mm-hmm. which is he's not talking about it in the context mm-hmm. of marriage. You know, like it applies to that uh, maybe more than friendship, just because you know our wives are probably a little more sensitive than yeah you know each other. Each other. Yeah, definitely, <laughs> definitely. But no, because like Jesus preaches about this in the Sermon on the Mount, anger being so it tells yeah. us like anger is a big deal that a lot yeah. of people struggle with. And yeah, but he says like you, Christian, you were saying like it's like that quiet, humble. Like if we're not hollering or screaming, but like in Matthew five, he says like if it's, if it is in your heart, it's considered like murder. Right? Yeah. And so it's like it's the same way with lust. He says if you lust with your eyes, you've committed adultery. So it's like it's the same thing James said earlier. Like it gives birth to right. Like mm-hmm. it's it's conceived. It's such a, such a small deal, but it can lead into punching through a wall, like you were saying, mm-hmm. like yep. you know, something big. And so something I'd wrote out here um, previously, just studying this, and I think this is one of the biggest things that like, I, I see in Jesus' ministry is like, man, Jesus lived this out, right? Like any, peop- any people group that he met with, like he was 
like he met them where they were comfortable. He met them in their place. He met them. He let them talk. Right. Mm -hmm. But then also he spoke truth into them. Like the woman at the well, right. He met her where she was like, she went to every day. Right. But he also talked to her, listened to her, but he also said, look, here are the things that Mm -hmm. you're doing. And he, you know, she asked him this question, like, you know, you know, you're not married, but you've, slept with this many guys and she's, but anyways, the conversation leads with or ends with like continue to go, do not go on sinning. Right. So like he, he meets her there, but I wrote this out. It says uh, like, how is us believers? How do we reach unbelievers? And I think this verse is like, people want somebody to just listen to them. Mm -hmm. Like they don't want to hear what we have to say. Like what they don't want to hear us taking this and like, here's what the Bible says about, what you're doing like a lot of times if we just sit down and have an ear to hear what they have to say leads into us being able to mm-hmm. talk to them and say hey let me tell you what jesus has first done in my life like through testifying right and then let's say hey look this is not my words let me go to whatever matthew chapter five and let me tell you what jesus says about this yeah. and so like it's not that you meet these people with god's word like up front mm-hmm. but it's like let me hear what's happened in your life let me hear why you're acting the way you're acting let me hear why you're living the way you're living and then it makes yeah. sense you're like well dang that's why they have this desire this is why they act this way and so yeah i think for me like if if pre-jesus if somebody comes to me like let me tell you let me tell you what this says like, let me tell you like let me just like I'm, I'm automatically shutting down because you don't care about me. You're just, you're I'm just going, down my like throat, I'm another yeah. number to you. Right. Like I, you're another convert, and you want me to just follow Jesus instead of like let's build this relationship, mm-hmm. and then having the the ability, the I would say the wisdom to just not because like when in conversation, even when you're with a group of buddies, somebody always wants to chime in while somebody else is talking. Well, mm-hmm. like if if I'm like kind enough and humble enough to like. Let me hear what they have to say. And then because I'm just as guilty. You'll cut somebody off, not intentionally, right. but you just want to get it out so fast because you don't want to lose. Right. You just want to get your input, you know, and yeah. sometimes that can be frustrating for somebody because it's like, heck, I can't even finish what I'm saying. And mm-hmm. um, so I don't know. I, that's a big thing I wrote out for me is like, how do we reach the world? And I think that's that is a huge deal right there. Mm-hmm. Slow to speak. You're right. Quick to hear. Taking care of your health is not always easy, but it should be simple. And that is why I started taking AG1 a couple years ago because I wanted something that uh, tasted delicious and that I knew was going to give me all the nutritional benefits that I needed to take on the day. So for me, I love working out. I love health. Um, and AG1 is just it's been a game changer for me because I do not like taking coffee in the mornings. I don't like taking pills. I don't like taking supplements. And AG1 um, has been something in the mornings that's been a go-to for me because, like I said, it tastes delicious. It gives me energy for the day. And not only that, it helps me be more focused, nourished, strong, and ready to take on the day. So it's just one scoop mixed in water once a day, every day. And by doing that, that makes me feel all those things that I just said. So for me, I love drinking it cold. I have my cup and I put a bunch of ice in it with uh, 16 ounces of water. That's just how I do it. And I mix one scoop and that um, is gives me all the benefits that I need um, for the day. And I really started to take AG1 because like I said, I, do, I don't like taking pills. I don't like taking vitamins and uh, I don't like having caffeine in the mornings. So, so I wanted something that could help all those things while still tasting delicious. And that is what AG1 has been for me. And I've even, I've even felt the difference in my recovery. Uh, like I said, 
even if I don't um, take it right in the mornings or if I don't work out that day, I still love trying to take it in the mornings. And if I forget, I love to take it just at some point throughout the day because it, I do notice a difference um, in my health, but also just my recovery um, for some of the strenuous workouts that I've been doing lately. And so I've recommended AG1 to all of my friends and my family. Uh, my dad has been um, the latest on the health kick of AG1. He um, he even texted me the other day if I could ask AG1 uh, some questions about their product. Uh, my wife, Sadie, loves to take it as well. And I've gotten so many friends uh, on it in the past. You've heard me talk about John David from the Duck Call Room and um, my neighbor in the past and so many people uh, that I love that are my friends, my family, love taking AG1 as well. And I, uh, we travel a lot and oftentimes the places we go, there are not many healthy options to the places we go, which is why I love to bring my AG1 travel packs with me because it gives me the health that I need on the go while still tasting delicious and I can get my gains in whenever I'm traveling. So if there's one product that I had to recommend to elevate your health, it's going to be AG1. And that's why I've partnered with them for so long. So if you want to take ownership of your health, start with AG1. Try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D3 plus K2 and five free AG1 travel packs with your first purchase exclusively at drinkag1.com slash huff. That's drinkag1.com slash huff. Go check it out today. I think it's interesting that he follows up talking about anger. And he says, therefore, put away all filthiness and rampant wickedness. So I feel like almost insinuating like, like when there is like that anger and like when there's not, you know, you being slow to speak and you're, and you're not being, you know, quick to hear, like when there is that anger, I feel like that just breeds, you know, we are, you know, earlier we talked about you know, that snowball effect idea. I feel like that can just bleed into, you know, just rampant wickedness of like, you start with anger and it's like that just snowballs into, you know, these other terrible things. But yeah, look, I love how you brought that up of, you know, in Matthew five, because it is true. It's like, yeah, just because you like, you know, Jesus addressed, you know, lust and anger. It's like, yeah, but you didn't necessarily commit an adultery, but you looked at a woman lustfully and it's like, you didn't necessarily commit murder, but you have, you know, hate for brother, hate for a brother in your heart. So you've, you know, like it's not dumbing down the law. It's just, you know, he's actually like addressing like that's actually deeper than, <clears throat> you know, some of the things that it actually just says. Yeah, that's good. It's it's weird. It's like it's crazy how God's word just goes back and forth like throughout the whole Bible. But like he goes into meekness and then man, Jesus talks about in the Sermon on the Mount, blessed are the meek for they will inherit the earth. And so mm -hmm. it's like meekness is have like it's not. You know, you hear meekness, the world looks at that as weakness, right? But like mm. meekness is the ability to have self-control when a situation is going out of control, right? Mm -hmm. And so, like you were saying, it's how he puts this stuff in order. It's like, you know, this produces righteousness if you, you obviously aren't angry. But it says, put away all those bad things, the wickedness like that lives in our hearts sometimes, like our old self, old Luke. And then he says, when you do that, when you put that out, you receive this meekness, right? This humility of like something that's implanted. And it says implanted word, which is God's word, which saves our, saves our, saves our heart, you know? And so, um, I don't know, man, it's just some powerful stuff. How Jesus preaching on the Sermon on the Mount, how it's tying in with what James is saying here. Yeah. Um, some big deals, obviously, because it was a massive sermon that he was given there, you know? So I wonder why he taught, like, there's, so many things throughout his text of like producing, you know, like last week we talked about, you know, 
the testing of your faith produces steadfastness. And now he's saying like, for the anger man does not, it's, he says, does not produce the righteousness of God. Like they feel like there's, he, he, he lays things out in a way that talk like that. You see, it's like they're like, there's a process to things, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. which I think is really interesting. Yeah. I think maybe because <clears throat> it's like if you do this, you get this, or if you mm-hmm. don't do this, you get this, right? And I don't think that's what he's necessarily because it's like, well, heck, it's like if I do this, then I'll get righteousness, or if I don't do this, then I'm considered unrighteousness. It's more so, I think, an encouragement to us if we live our life this way, God will bless our lives because of our meekness, right? Or because mm-hmm. we're able to to control our anger, like there will be righteousness or whatever it may be in our lives that, because he promises a, a, promises a lot of things, right? Like if we do live this life and we do follow him, uh, yeah, we'll inherit the kingdom of heaven. Like we'll spend eternity with him. Like mm-hmm. if you, if you pour into me, I'll pour into you. And so it's, it's kind of like the, uh, I guess the analogy of like, if your cup is full or not, it's like, mm-hmm. if you're not asking for your cup to be full, as Jesus talks about, like we want that, like he's not going to fill your cup unless it's going to run over and pour onto somebody else. Right. And so in order for our cup to be full, like we have to be like, we have to dig into the word. And so like the more we dig into the word of like what Parker says may like his cup may pour onto me and what I say may pour on the reason. So it's like, it's a, we don't, I don't want to look at like, say it's because we do this, we get this, but it's also our obedience. God grants that with mm-hmm. like something that he knows is going to benefit us in our life, you know? Yeah. Cause that is, I mean, that is something that I'd wrestle with is like, someone's like transaction. You can look at yeah. it, it's like, well, you know, I pay you $10 and then I get this in return, which is not what we're saying here. And it's not what the word is meaning, but it can come across that way to the word world. It's like it's a transaction. Like if I live mm-hmm. this life, then I'll get this in return. You know, I, th- I think I think even too like <clears throat> kind of going at it in like a different direction. I think sometimes you know we put like we can put like expectations on God of um, you know like what we talked about earlier. Um, you know, back in the testing of your faith part of James, you know, like. The idea of, you know, going through trials, you know, um, that idea of like being tempted, like it can be easy to like get angry at those situations, right? Mm-hmm. So like how to not, like how to be slow to anger, you know, when you do feel like you're being tempted or when you do feel like you're going through a trial, like I feel like that's something that I can wrestle with is like just be quick to just being like, you know, just mad at a situation because it's uncomfortable or it's painful or, I'm, you know, confused or like whatever you know yeah i think you can definitely look at this the whole chapter as a whole and say that how we decide to respond to situations we go through is certainly going to lead to an outcome right like yeah the testing of your faith like how you decide to respond to that is definitely going to impact you like in the future right same thing like how you respond to um like if you respond in anger, that's going to lead to unrighteousness. You know, there's different things. So we have decisions to make when we yeah. do get in those situations. And obviously James is being clear that, hey, this is going to lead to life and godliness, and this is not. So mm-hmm. it is cool that he definitely lays it out pretty clear. 
very black and white. Mm-hmm. And I think that's like for me, I'm a black and white person. And so like, that's why I think James is popular, like in a group a Bible study with a bunch of guys, because James is like, it's this way and this way. And if you don't do this, it's, this is the outcome, mm-hmm. and, you know, and so that's kind of, it's good for me to read. Well, I love, you know, how he goes on to say, but be doers of the word and not only hearers and not hearers, only deceiving yourselves for if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man who looks intently at his natural face in a mirror for he forgets, for he looks at himself and goes away. And at once he forgets what he looks like. Mm-hmm. Boy, that is so yeah. good. A little scary. How often do we do that though? You know, how often do we, I'm like, I think for me, it's like, I listened to a good sermon. I'm like, man, that was great. That was really good. I really liked that. And then do you think about it again? Yeah. And like three days. Well, someone asks you like, what was it about? Right. Like, oh yeah. It was about Jesus. You yeah. Know? Yeah. You give a one answer deal and you're like, I don't know what the heck I right. just listened to. Yeah. Especially now, like in Christian culture when there is so much good content and podcasts and sermons and music to listen to, it can be easy just to be consume, 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 and then never actually live that out or challenge yourself to. Yeah to give in response to that, but it's easy to do. What's so cool too, because I feel like he's even like, he's almost like self-endorsing himself almost too. Because he just talked about all this stuff and he's like, don't just hear what I'm saying. Like, actually do it. You know? Yeah. Like he talks about be quick to hear, slow to speak, slow to anger. It's like, we can read that be like, man, that's, that's, that's like that's really good. Like that's a good tagline. Man, I should do that. Yeah, I should, I should yeah. do that. But it's like, but if you don't do it, then you're yeah. deceiving yourself. Like, right. You know, so that's, it's, 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 I just love it. Cause it's almost like he says all this like super heavy stuff. And then he's like, don't just hear what I'm saying. Like you actually have to apply it. You have to do it. And I think that that even goes, you know, with faith. And that's something that I wrestle with. It's like, you know, even when it comes to like, you know, certain things and even going bigger to like salvific things, it's like, that's like, at least things I believe it's like, there has to be at least this is just kind of things I believe, but it's like, there has to be fruit that's bore, right? Like there has to be something that you read this and this makes you like, yes, works don't save you, but like works do exemplify like the faith that you have. You we'll know? get to that. We'll get to that. Yeah. I know. But it, but I'm kind of just teeing it up because like, that's what he's saying. It's like, if you just hear this word and you say you believe it, but you don't do it, you don't apply it. So you're like, you're saying he's, he says you de- you're deceiving yourself. Yeah. Like, do you even believe it? Do you even you believe it? Notice, you know, yeah. earlier or last week you talked about you know the de- even the demons believe in shudder. It's like, yeah, they do. Like, so clearly there has to be something beyond that. You know, in, in a in a in a certain way. But I love that. You know, it goes on to say, you know, even I guess two thousand years ago, people loved what they looked like. Yeah. Um, you know, you don't forget what you look like. You know. Especially yeah, in a think, culture where it's like all so self-absorbed with yeah. like looks and aesthetics and everyone wants to look good, yada, yada, yada. Um, like, cause you don't, you're not going to forget what you look like. Yeah. You know, I think a, a theme I've seen just even from last week and this week, I mean, he even says it multiple times is just that perseverance, how yeah. vital that really is to the Christian walk, you know, like being a disciple. It is a slow process that happens over time in, in community. It's day by day. It's not, yes, there's those big moments, hard and good, but it's mainly just the everyday mundane moments, the small choices that really do lead to 
big things like just we, it, listening to the word, obeying it daily, and not just the big things you should and shouldn't do, but it's just, am I going to be faithful with all these little things that's been entrusted yeah. to me? And so I feel like just obviously James giving us really good insight on what it really means to be a disciple of Christ. Mm-hmm. And I feel like perseverance is such a huge thing. Like if you can persevere in your faith for the long run, like how many people do we know? You know I mean, college, we're fired up. And then, you know, they they flamed out after that. Like, yeah. or any, you can relate that any season, but, Mm-hmm. Perseverance, persevering your faith really is challenging. Yeah, and but James has just given so much insight on how to make sure that happened. And yeah. obviously, for me, in my opinion, I think community's got to be one of the biggest things that enables you to persevere in your faith. Um, so that's just kind of where my mind's been as we've talked about all this. I was thinking about this too. Is like because there was a question brought up. I don't know when, but talking about like. Talk, it was suffering, talking about different sufferings, but like <clears throat> like if we don't suffer, and I was thinking about this like working out or whatever, like if we don't tear down muscle, there's no growth, yeah. right? So like yeah. if we expect to move 315 on the bar, but we don't get under 315 or build up to 315, you won't ever move 315. You ain't moving no 315. You know what I'm saying? So it's like if we don't if we don't go through trials, how can our faith increase, right? Yeah. Or like how can how can our trust in the Lord not grow? Because mm-hmm. like you look at our like the heart and you hear like when Jesus comes into your heart, like there was pain there, right? There was suffering. There was a lot of scar tissue. Like there was a lot of bad, right? And oh, so yeah. Yeah. in order for healing to happen, something has to be broke, cut, tore, because it's just like you, you cut yourself, it's going to heal back, but it's going to heal back stronger, right? Like mm-hmm. whatever. So it's kind of like you were saying, Part Daddy, with the perseverance, like it's kind of a, it's like, man, like if we're not suffering, then are we living for the Lord? Mm-hmm. Like truly, mm-hmm. you know, and it's like I catch myself as like, man, I haven't been really suffering lately. Like I, and a lot of times I can go back and like, I'm not truly like, cause it's like, I'm maybe hearing the word, right? Yeah. Like, am I doing the work? Because it's easy to hear, it's easy to say. Mm-hmm. But and I think doing that's why James part. is like, and Paul says that, and I think it's First Corinthians. He talks about, "For I'm not ashamed of the gospel." Well, the reason he's not ashamed of it is because of what it's done in his life, and mm-hmm. it changed him so radically that, like, he can't help but mm-hmm. talk about yep. it. And like, yep. you look at all the things of where he was, and when he wrote all the books that he wrote, like he was suffering in all those moments. But what it brought was most of the New Testament. His suffering brought. This. Yeah. So through his suffering, we're able to sit here and read through the lowest of his lows. He considered it joy because he even says that he says, consider it joy. And even in I think it's in Philippians, maybe. Uh, but so to me, that just, man, it really it encourages me. But also, like, it's easy for me to say, like, suffering's good right now because mm-hmm. we're sitting here talking about it. But like yeah. when I'm by myself or like I'm in the trenches, like am I actually going to consider it joy like we talked about last week? So, yeah. So, yeah, I think that was what you were talking about. That was a big deal for me. Well, I think we all too, and Reese, I want you to kind of talk about it too. I feel like we can all look at our life and distinguish where we were hearers of the word to where we became doers of the word. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, like I can look throughout high school and early on college where it's like, I, like I, loved God. I went, went to church. Like I wanted to, I wanted to do it, but, but at the end of the day, like I was just hearing it, you know, I wasn't actually applying it. I wasn't surrendering it to it. I wasn't obeying it. Do you remember that time where you, that almost like, like there was that shift of like, 
between hearing it and, and doing it. Yeah. I think, you know, cause I, I'd really just walked away from the teaching I grew up in cause my family was one, 100% involved in church and all kinds of churches. And, um, because a part of my upbringing was that, um, when my parents divorced, my mom was just determined to have us in church. And so she was trying all these different churches when we lived in Baton Rouge and, and I was here, I mean, I was under teaching, like I heard it, it, yeah. it, it at least hit my ears and, and she was, she just fought ruthlessly to make sure that that happened. Um, I think that the world getting involved into what you think you want is where that really hits like that rubber meets the road of, am I going to live the way that I've been taught to live? And, um, and it, and it's next to what this world is offering. Just like when Jesus was tempted in the wilderness, like you can have all these things. If, if you just don't live that way, like live this way. And, um, so I definitely, I, I saw that and learned the hard way of going down that road and living for myself and, and it ended up with just like we're talking about all this suffering and I, I picked up all this addiction and, um, you know, full blown alcoholic and went through all that suffering to now see how God uses that for good today. You know, I, I constantly, it just shocks me every time I just find myself in conversations with people that really are struggling. Um, and like, a lot on the topic of, you know, just with the phone last week, like we talked about it and there's so many people that I just, I explain like, you know, I've struggled with that too. And now I have these limitations on my phone and then they're just like, please just mm -hmm. do it to my phone, whatever, like shut it down. And, and so I think it's beautiful how God uses all that suffering and you'll finally see like some of the things that you'll go through. I think it works for everybody. Like he'll turn around and, and use you in that exact same. And sometimes that's hard. And me and Lydia talk about it a lot because she had a similar lifestyle to me before we met. And now she works for FCA. And so she's a lot of times on her college campus where she was living that life. And some of them are still there. And she's yeah. like having to show them that she has met this person named Jesus and that's why she's completely different but it gets in your head like you know the Lord's going to just put you right back in that situation where you were and use you to help other people yeah I think a, a point the reason I think this is really because I think we've been talking and I just realized this but we, we talk a lot about the doers but it says not just hears only so it's like it's a big deal that you heard it your whole life, like you were a part of it, you're around it. Mm -hmm. So it says that is a big deal too. And I think we don't want to overlook that here. James is saying, mm -hmm. just be doers, because if you're just doers, you don't know what you're doing if you don't hear, right? right? Mm -hmm. And so I think that's a big deal. What you said is like you were around church, your mom put like y'all were involved. And so it's like the 99, like the Lord, will, you know, leave the 99 for the one. Well, that one comes back because he knows the voice of the shepherd, right? Mm -hmm. And so like hearing it also is vital. And I think like, yeah, I've just overlooked that just because it is doing is such a big deal. 
But I, you know, went back and read this while you were talking. It's uh, it says not just hearers only, and so I think that's mm-hmm. a big deal. But to your point of God, God turns beauty from ashes, and so like He puts us back in those. Like He put Lydia back on campus because like you can't send a sh- send send somebody into a place that they haven't been there. Right. right? That's how you people's lives are changed because if you've been there, done that. And somebody will listen to that, right? Mm-hmm. Like if they seen that your life has changed and you live this lifestyle. And so I think God does that because he wants his people back in the places to where they were and where they've come from. Because there's Luke in college, there's still hundreds of thousands of Luke in college right now, right? There's yeah. still mm-hmm. hundreds of thousands of girls that are in college right now struggling with the same thing, you know? So, yeah. Um, What's cool too, because we talk about how much we think James like ties into you know the Sermon on the Mount. Because mm-hmm. how many times did Jesus say, "Let him, let him who has ears to hear, let him hear," you know? Yeah. And James is tying that directly back to to that, you know. Yeah, I love that you brought up the parable of the sower earlier because I think that's so vital. Mm-hmm. Like when we hear the word, the soil of our heart, you know, our position when we receive it is definitely going to dictate how we mm-hmm. respond to it. Mm-hmm. You know, like, because yeah. it can, you, there's a lot of different scenarios in that parable. My favorite, it's, yeah. well, I guess listed a couple of times, my favorite one is in Mark 4, but there's just so many different ways you can respond to the word. Are you going to let it get choked out by the cares and worries of this world? Mm-hmm. And that's not just when you initially receive the word, yeah. you know, at salvation. It's a continual heart posture or how you, are you going to be humble enough are you going to be open enough to actually receive that word and acknowledge your need for it because mm-hmm. if you don't if you don't receive it in that way you're definitely not going to do it because it's just kind of getting down to that point of if we really sat back and understood what we were hearing if we really believed it we would do it mm-hmm. you know like there's no option it's kind of like when we and you re, when you really realize what God's done for you there's one response there's yeah. one right response and that's to give everything to live for him and so that's a continual thing you know like if we truly take it to heart it's such an easy mm-hmm. decision to okay i'm gonna this is so much this is so worth it to mm-hmm. actually live the way jesus has laid it out for us yeah i think live. it was alistair Begg that uh i've i've never forgot it is like he's talking about how a lot of times we can walk around and just preach like this Jesus and this name Jesus and how you need Jesus. And if you don't know what, that you're in a situation where you needed him, right? you don't really understand the point of the message. And it, I, I, he might've been quoting somebody, but I think it was, it was just him saying it. He, he said, uh, only when a man looks into the law of Liberty, might he consider how he would be raised up to heaven. Like, like just looks down into the pit of how evil they are. And they truly understand. And like, this is the book that tells you, you look into the law and realize, oh, I can't meet this. Mm-hmm. Then it's then that the message of this Jesus and like, what's the whole point comes into, okay, I actually need this. Yeah. James just, he loves to, he loves to hit the old hammer. You know, then he, if anyone thinks he's religious and does not bridle his tongue, but deceives his heart, this person's religion is worthless. <laughs> like, but it's, I mean, it's, and I think, I think that ties back into, you know, being doers of the word, you know, early to therefore put away all filthiness and rampant wickedness. Like, and now here he's saying like, you know, bridle your tongue, you know, 
don't deceive your heart. You know, if you, if you think you're religious and you don't tame your tongue, then he says that your religion is worthless. Yeah. Um, it's a heavy hitter. Yeah. I think too, is like that, this part of like religion. And I think if we look at it, it's like, you know, it says if anyone thinks he's religious and doesn't bridle his tongue, which that shows like lack of self-control here, right? Deceives his own heart. And I think that's a big thing for us is like we're with Satan is the biggest deceiver of our own hearts. Mm-hmm. Right? And so like we can think we're we're talking the talk and walking the walk. And man, like he can even blind us when we think we're being doers of the word, mm-hmm. right? Because it could be for our own selfish desires. Like we want people to see like, man, I'm doing this for the Lord or I'm leading worship for the like I'm doing it for myself or like I'm mm-hmm. I'm doing all these things for the Lord, but I'm actually doing it for myself, right? And right. so I think that's um, like this whole authentic religion that we believe in is all based off of our heart, right? And mm-hmm. so like what's put in our heart is what comes out, right? And so I think it eventually, it may, it comes to surface at some point of yeah. like this person is actually real and authentic and is following Jesus. Because it's like we said earlier last week is like, it's easy to believe, it's hard to follow, right? Mm-hmm. Like I can believe I can pick up 315, but to actually pick up 315 requires work, right? Mm-hmm. And so, um, and those also go hand in hand. You have to do one or the other. But um, I don't know. I think that's a big thing is, you know, just realizing the deceitfulness that we can have even, uh, you know, following Jesus is we just have to have those eyes to see. You know? Yeah. Well, see, too, cause I, I, I feel like he's almost even tying. It's like if you don't bridle your tongue – then you're probably not somebody who's slow to speak. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. And you're probably not somebody who's slow to anger. Like mm-hmm. If you can't tame your tongue, then you're probably quick to anger, quick to speak, and slow to hear. You know? Yep. My guess would be, because that's yeah. what I've seen in my life. But <laughs> Yeah. I thought about this, too, and y'all tell me what y'all think, but you know, being doers of the word and not only hearers is like, there has to be a like uh, what would be the word like tenacity or like boldness to be doers because then that requires of getting uncomfortable right because like if we're hearing something like we can take it in but then when we act upon it into the world like there's going to be quote unquote suffering right and so it's like how do we take this word and like what we believe and be confident in that right because i think that's where like testing of your faith right like you become more confident in what you believe and i i think that's like what paul like he's not ashamed because of the testing of his faith like he he has put in the work like uh, we're just using workouts so because it's easy to talk about but if you put in the work to pick up this weight like you're going to be confident you can pick that weight up right and so i think that's in order for us to be doers we have to be confident in what we believe in right because right. we can't we can't go in a fight unequipped and expect to win right and so to mm-hmm. me that's where like something i've never really thought about here but like to be doers of the word we have to be equipped to really like to be willing and bold enough to like all right, we're about to stand firm and fight this battle, and it's going to take stepping out of my comfort zone, you know? And so yeah. I don't know, I know what y'all's thoughts were on that. Of Because I think we can overlook that it takes takes boldness to actually, you know, be doers of it. And a lot of effort. 
Yeah. A lot of effort. It doesn't just happen. No, it doesn't. Yeah, and he ends mm-hmm. with religion that is pure and undefiled before God. The Father is this, to visit orphans and widows in their affliction and to keep oneself unstained from the world. Which I think that's a lot like, I feel like that that's a lot less talked about now than it was then. Like to visit orphans and widows in their affliction. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like that was such a prominent thing. Right. Especially in their culture. Take care of the orphans and widows. You know, I mean, yeah. You, you, you read the Old Testament, like, you know, like Elijah and Elisha, like there's all things, you know, mm-hmm. the widows might and in the gospels, like there's so many, like there's all those texts about just widows and orphans. And like now that's not like, that's just not a prominent thing. And I love how you answer it and keep oneself unstained from the world. I think too, like, cause I've, I've here in the past three or four years, the orphans and widows has been a thing that I've, uh, just through our church and like has been a big thing because I think like you say, Christian, it has been overlooked. But it's like you look at the quote unquote weakest of the weak people here, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Orphans, people that don't have a mom and dad. Nobody's really cares to take care of them. Right. A widow lady that doesn't have a helpmate anymore to like provide and like do the things that we're supposed to do as men, right? Yeah. For and so it's like when God says love him, love others and go and make disciples, like these are the people that need, like, actually physically need our help and also spiritually need a man to, like, help them, right? And I think we see, like, I've just seen this with the girls, like, a father figure is so important mm-hmm. in a child's life. And you see why kids are the way they are because dad wasn't there, right? And, and I bl- truly believe that's how God God designed us, right? Created man for woman and like, yep. because it is such a big deal because especially girls, like they look at their dad as everything. And and, and it's it's such a, I now it makes more sense of why I see why women are insecure. And then you go and look into like, well, man, dad wasn't ever around yeah. to say, hey, you're beautiful, honey. Like mm-hmm. you were fearfully and wonderfully made. Like you were made in God's image. Like you are perfect because Jesus made you. And so, mm-hmm. um, I don't know that that's something that um, I don't know. It's it's a thing like we said is overlooked. But man, I think that's why James is wrapping up this chapter with this because it's like, all right, if we're going to be hearers and doers, then go take care of the weakest of the weak, right? Like if you say you're going to hear and live this out, mm-hmm. then let's go ahead and get in this and go to the people that actually need our help. And you can throw in like homeless people, you can whatever you know. And when you say weak, not like that they're like physically weak, but they can't take care of themselves. I really like it's it's a kind of a weird ending, but it also it, it makes is. a lot of sense of like, hey, these are the weak of the weak. And like if we're men that are gonna actually be doers, then let's do something about it. You mm-hmm. know? I think if you look at it through the lens of like that what he says about about be doers of the word and not hearers, then you go back through and read the you know, all of James one, like you can see you know, more clearly like what that actually means, right? It's like count it all joy. Like mm-hmm. don't just hear that and don't just read that, like do actually it. do it. You know, if you lack wisdom, ask for it, ask for it, like do it. You know, if, um, you know, when you're being tempted, don't, you know, don't assume God's tempting you. Like don't, don't just hear that and be like, God's tempting me, but actually do it. Like don't, don't fall into that lie, you know, That's there's, good. I feel like just looking at it through that lens of 
you know, how can we always be doers of the word? Um, yeah. I just love that. Cause just, just because I can just so, you know, like we talked about earlier, Reeves, like I can just so see in my life and me and Reeves are a little different than y'all. We have, we have a little bit wilder of pasts. Um, but just easy to see like where, when that transition went from like being a doer to being a hearer yeah. and, you know, because at the, at, you know, you can make an argument, like you said earlier, like, like we still have to be hearers, but like that yeah. has to go beyond just yeah, beyond that. hearing it. Like there has to be action, you know, yeah, there has to be works. There has to be something that like that has to produce as James right. has clearly used that word a lot. Like that doing has to produce like, the word has to produce something, right? Um, so I just, I love looking at it through that lens of just, you know, looking at the landscape of that mm-hmm. with actually being being a doer of it and not forgetting, you know, not forgetting what you read, not forgetting what 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 um, what the word says and just tying that into, you know, you don't forget what you look like. Right. You know, knowing it that well mm-hmm. where it's like, you, you don't constantly have to look at yourself in the mirror to be reminded what you look right. like. Right. You know, part you of know what you look like. Yeah. And having that same mindset with scripture of like, yeah. you know, I know it, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like it's a part of you. Just, you know it's, it so it's, well. it's just ingrained in me. Yeah. I think it's a big part of it too is like looking into this shows you who God is. And yeah. when you know who God is, that's the first step to knowing who you are. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. we're made in his image and we're a reflection of him. Yeah. yeah. And I think like that's the the beautiful part of this last verse. Verse it says, "Keep oneself unstained from the world." Yeah. And so it's like, in order to stay unstained from the world, you can't continue to live in the world. Mm-hmm. Like if mm-hmm. you want to get stains out of your clothes, you better spray and wash them and put them in the washing machine, right? Or yeah. so it's this process of like, this washes you white as snow, right? Yeah, we're gonna get dirty, but if mm-hmm. we continue to repent and ask God mm-hmm. to come and like cleanse us, then that's how we continue to stay unstained from the world through being hearers, not only hearers, but doers. Mm -hmm. And, you know, kind of going through what James has said in this church chapter. But I like that word unstained because it doesn't say we're not going to get stuff on us. Yeah. But in order for it to not stain us, we have to do something about it. Right. And then I says keep oneself from being polluted by the world. There you go. That's interesting. Yes. Yeah. Gotta keep that water. My shirt, I didn't even know it says refusing to let the world corrupt you. Come on, that's it. I didn't even plan that. James 127. That's good. Well, that concludes us for episode two. I hope that you, um, you know, enjoy tuning in, that you were challenged, that you were encouraged, and that you, um, you know, that you look at your life and you ask yourself, are you a hearer of the word or are you a doer? Um, you know, we can't be hearers of the word. We can be hearers of the word, but at the same time, you know, we have to be doers of it. We have to, um, look at this book and see how it applies to us and, and live it out. You know, we have to bear fruit in certain things and we have to um, take action. We got to get, we have to get accountability. We have to live this out. So I hope that you're encouraged and challenged. Um, next week, we're going to be picking back up with James two. So I just encourage you to read it, follow along, um, come ready. And uh, yeah, we're not trying to do anything out of the ordinary here. We're just a bunch of guys just reading the Bible and see how it applies to our lives. And um because it does apply to our lives, even though it was 2000 years ago. Uh, you know, if you've heard what we talked about today, it's still just as applicable now as it was then. So I just encourage you to stay uh, along for the journey and um, yeah, read James two for next week. We'll see you then. Thank you for tuning in and joining with us.